Hello and welcome back to Equity, the TechCrunch podcast where we unpack the numbers and the nuance behind the headlines. This is Alex. It is July 5th, 2022, and we have an action-packed week ahead of us. Let's talk about it. Kicking off with my favorite thing in the world, the stock market. Taking a look around the world in Asia, stocks are lower. In Europe this Monday, stocks are higher. And here in the U.S., stocks are set to rise to kick off a very, very important week. More on that in just a moment. In the world of crypto, well, major cryptocurrencies have lost some ground in the last 24 hours, but Bitcoin is still comfortably over the $20,000 mark at about $22,000 more or less this morning. ETH, the token associated with the Ethereum blockchain, is still around the $1,500 level after a recent rally off that kind of $1,000 floor. NFT volumes, as far as we can tell, remain modest this morning compared to prior highs. And what's going on in the world of DeFi TVL? Well, perhaps that data point has found a new floor. We do need to look more into that, but, you know, it does appear obvious. Keep in mind also that crypto regulation and the status of tokens as securities or not is back in the news as of last week, and that is going to be key to the world of crypto for the next several years. Welcome to Earnings Week. This week, we will hear from all of the largest American technology firms, including Apple and Amazon, Alphabet, Microsoft, and Meta. If I'm not wrong, their results are going to be super key for setting technology sentiment, so it matters for everybody. Also, don't forget that going into this earnings season, we have seen the same major technology companies slow their pace of hiring or even pause it altogether. That's usually a sign that companies are worried that spending growth is getting ahead of revenue growth. So what am I looking at? Well, from Alphabet, I want to learn about the state of the advertising market as it relates to Google and YouTube especially in light of Snap's really kind of lackluster earnings last week that made everyone involved in the ad market scared. Also from Alphabet, cloud computing results. Turning to Microsoft, state of enterprise software, what's going on in cloud computing and how is gaming performing? When Apple reports, we want to learn more about how strong is the global consumer today and how are margins holding up in the hardware space during the supply chain crisis. When Meta reports, well, back to advertising, how did Facebook fare? And how is the company balancing its spend on VR and metaverse investments in the face of an uncertain advertising market? Then when Amazon reports, well, we're going to learn about e-commerce growth and cloud growth and the state of inventories around the world, uh, the health of supply chains, consumer electronics demand, advertising, and then results from gaming and streaming. Essentially, Amazon does everything, so lots to learn there. In terms of setting sentiment, I think this data is going to be very, very important because we are in this weird tight labor market slash recession. And so essentially no one knows really what's going on. So more data is going to help. And I think these are the key data points for the next couple of months. But let's put aside the world's biggest companies and instead talk about startups. And today I want to talk about a company called Cartona. Now, startups that solve the supply chain and operational challenges of players in the so-called fast-moving consumer goods industry, or the FMCG industry, help buyers access products from sellers on a single platform. And according to TechCrunch, they keep attracting venture capital from investors. Now, one of those companies, Cartona, is a major player in digitizing the traditional trade market over in Egypt, and it just raised $12 million in a Series A. Now, Cartona's platform allows buyers to order inventory from a network of sellers via a single kind of unified app that provides a communication tool for promotions, think advertisements, and a dashboard for market insights, according to our own Tej Kineokafor. And it does this in an asset-light format where Cartona doesn't actually own products or vehicles. And that kind of setup has led to some complaints about the company. 
But Cartona says that it has focused more with technical integrations with big manufacturers and their warehouses, which has helped, according to TechCrunch. This is pretty neat to see. I think supply chain work in Africa is fascinating given the scale of that continent. And most importantly, the pivot to not losing money is a global thing for startups, with Cartona's CEO, Mahmoud Talat, telling us the following in our story that he, quote, believes that with this money, his company can reach profitability and that it will use this money for, quote, sustainable growth and only sustainable growth. The company will not expand, quote, like crazy without having positive unit economics in every city. Increasingly, it really does feel like there is one global startup market out there with different customer segments by geography, say, but we're seeing the same themes everywhere. And elsewhere in startup land, there is still venture capital money in China. According to our own reporting, BAI Capital, the China-focused venture investment firm that was formerly known as Bertelsmann Asia Investments, has raised $700 million to back Chinese companies that are part of the country's structural reform, if you will, as well as those looking to expand overseas. The announcement follows on the heels of the closing of several other big-ticket funds, partially quelling speculation that foreign capital for Chinese tech is drying up amidst a slowing economy, and I would throw in there COVID-19 concerns and many other issues. What other funds have been raised? Well, Sequoia Capital China recently snagged $7 billion to bet on Chinese tech companies at all stages. Kimbing Ventures raised $3.2 billion, and IDG Capital banked $900 million. Essentially, Chinese VC is down, but not out if you look at the data, and it does appear there's still quite a lot of global money chasing what may still work in the country under its new regulatory regime. And now it's time for what I call our quick round, a.k.a. all the stuff that I really think we have to talk about, but we can't fit entirely into the show, so we're going to talk about it in very brief format. First up, Indian food delivery giant Zomato saw its shares fall to new lows today after its lockup period expired. Per TechCrunch, the stock dropped to as low as 46.15 rupees, or about 58 cents apiece, giving the company a market cap of $4.5 billion dollars far below the $13.2 billion valuation it accrued on its debut day a year ago, and, critically, also below the $5.4 billion valuation at which they raised money in January of 2021, back when it was still a startup. Recall that Zomato was the first Indian consumer tech startup to go public, and we're very curious what will the decline in Zomato's value do to competitor Swiggy's own fundraising. We'll see, but overall, not a good look for liquidity in the Indian startup market and not a good look for food delivery in general. Voyager, a consumer crypto service that went public on the Toronto Stock Exchange and later wound up in bankruptcy after the implosion of the 3AC investment fund that was over-leveraged and caused pain around the world of crypto, is still making news. FTX, which competes with and owns part of Voyager, offered on Friday a deal that would give Voyager customers the opportunity, quote, to start a new account with FTX with an opening cash balance funded by an early distribution on a portion of their bankruptcy claims, end quote. And in response to this, Voyager said this morning, hell no. In a filing, it said, and I loosely quote here, FTX's cover letter openly disparaged Voyager and the statements FTX made to the public about its proposal are, at best, highly misleading. After saying that Voyager users should, quote, really read the proposal, it called the offer a, quote, lowball bid dressed up as a white knight rescue. Hot dang. Now, I did not think that FTX was out there saving everyone in the world of crypto for philanthropic reasons, but this is spicier than I anticipated. More to come on this, but I'm just going to say it, Cryptoland has never been more interesting. And finally today, the Wall Street Journal notes that Uber and DoorDash are increasingly pivoting to other forms of food delivery other than restaurant meals. What does that mean? Well, it means groceries. 
And that puts Uber and DoorDash, two very large, wealthy public companies, on a collision course with Instacart in a more serious fashion. It's going to be a really interesting battle to watch. Instacart versus DoorDash versus Uber. Who's going to win? We don't know, but we hope it doesn't delay that Instacart IPO. And that is our show. Now, there is no equity live this week, so we're just going to be dropping this morning, Wednesday morning, and Friday morning. But don't forget, you can follow Equity on Twitter, where we tweet under the handle EquityPod. That's where we host our Twitter spaces and other bits of fun. Or you can follow me on Twitter, where I tweet under the handle Alex. Anyways, lots to come this week. Strap in. It's going to be busy. We'll talk to you then.